0: Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Life Start Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition, distilled science and real world advice for better on-farm decisions. Eastman Animal Nutrition, visit EASTMAN.com. Com. Heat stress can start at temps as low as 75 degrees. Combat heat stress with chemtrace chromium. Visit chemin.com forward slash swineheatstress today. Alltech, providing you proven specialty ingredients to maximize pig health, sustainability, and profitability. Novus International, Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Fibro Animal Health Corporation, healthy animals, Healthy food, healthy world.
1: My name is Clayton Chastain, your host for today's episode. Today we have with us Kayla Miller, a PhD student at Iowa State University. So Kayla, would you mind telling us a little
2: bit about yourself? Hi, Clayton. Thanks for having me on the show today. Um, And like you said, I'm a newly started uh, PhD student under Dr. Nick Gabler. I did my master's under him, started in 2020. And I also completed my bachelor's degree at Iowa State, where I graduated that. The May of 2020.
1: So Kayla, you've recently done several studies, two of which we're going to cover today. So let's start with the first one about managing different types of feed supply disruptions. Can you tell us a little bit about that study?
2: Yeah. So the idea behind this study was, in the event of a foreign animal disease outbreak here in the United States, the USDA has the authority to stop commercial truck movement within an impacted region um, for at least 72 hours if ASF is detected. So the, pro- the thought process behind this study was. If we cannot get feed or um, market pigs within an impacted region, how do we manage the feed that um, those facilities have on place to prolong what feed is there and manage the feed that is on hand or potentially provide alternative sources of feed to these animals? So to conduct this study, we had five, five different treatments. The five different treatments that we had were we fed pigs ad libitum, or roughly three times their maintenance energy requirement, which was just a standard control uh, corn-soybean meal-based diet. Our second treatment, we fed uh, group house pigs based on 1.45 times their maintenance energy requirement um, daily. Our third treatment, we fed pigs uh, based on two times their maintenance energy requirement daily. In our fourth treatment, we actually tightened the feeders within the pens to their tightest setting to restrict access to feed. However, feed was allowed ad libitum to these pigs. In our fifth treatment, instead of the corn soybean meal based diet, we offered a whole corn kernel um, diet to these pigs as an alternative source of feed. So we had these pigs on these five treatment strategies for 14 days, and then seven days post the restriction period or that first 14 days, we returned all pens back to ad libitum to see how they would respond um, in the event that we could then get feed back to these pigs. So moving into some of the results that we saw within this study, um, by design of the daily allotted feed with our 1.45 and two times maintenance strategies, um, average daily gain was reduced as a result of what well, feed was allotted. However, when we looked at the closed corn closed treatments and the pens that were fed whole corn, um, their average daily feed intake was reduced from the control, however, not as severe as the two restricted strategies. So when we looked at the average daily gain um, from the pens that had the feeders that were tightened, as well as the pens that were fed um, the corn, the whole corn kernel diet, they both had reduced average daily gains compared to the control, as we'd expected, However, the closed um, feeder groups were not as severely impacted when compared to the corn treatments. And this could be due to, um, by nature, the pigs were very curious after a couple days where they figured out how to work the feeder and um, get feed to drop out into the trough and get as much feed as they were able to on that restriction.
1: So, was the compensatory gain fairly linear for the restricted diets in the second phase? So, like, basically, did the reduced average daily gain in period one result in a linearly higher gain, or was one strategy much more effective than the others in minimizing weight loss?
2: Yeah. So, in the seven-day recovery period following the fourteen-day feed restriction, where all pens were on their treatment strategies, the general trend was the more severe the restriction, as in um, the daily feed allowance, with the two main strategies or feeding the whole corn, they gained more during the seven day recovery period when they were returned back to full feed. And I think this is mainly due to both gut fill as well as replenishing the organs um, with the energy and nutrients that some of those bottom end pigs were missing when when they were not allowed um, full access to feed, as well as allowing those lower bottom end pigs to finally get a chance to access the feeder and um, consume to their potential needs. Um, However, when I looked at the overall uh, 21-day average daily gain performance, um, tightening the feeders seemed to be the most effective in minimizing the weight loss. However, again, like I had just mentioned, um, this can be greatly attributed to um, the pigs figuring out how to work the feeder um, to let feed down um, as the feeders were not able to be completely shut. And then feeding the whole corn kernels as well as restricting the pigs to two times their energy requirement for maintenance um, seemed to show some of the same overall results in terms of gain as well as um, daily feed intake. And then when we looked at the pens that were restricted to 1.45 times their energy requirement for maintenance, um, these treatment groups or this treatment resulted in the least amount of gain per day as we kind of expected going into the study.
1: Gotcha. So yeah, I guess it kind of just depends on how long you need to slow or how much you need to slow them down to see which treatment kind of fits your situation the best. Yes. Well, I think let's go ahead and transition then to your second study. So you, on your second study in your thesis, you had a, it was about particle size and feed disruptions in conjunction with the formation of gastric ulcers. Um, the, revol- the results seem to show that the feed disruption played a larger factor in the formation of ulcers rather than particle size. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, so this study kind of came about um, after the study we had just talked about, where we were thinking if we recommend um, to producers to restrict feed their pigs um, to a certain level below ad libitum, what would happen to gastric ulcers? As we know that feed disruption is likely to cause um, dysfunction in the stomach, Um, so we wanted to be cautious with our recommendations from the previous study. So that's why we did um, and did this next study. Looking at the ulcers and its impact on um, a reduced feed intake pattern. So, within this study, um, we again fed pigs um, over a 14 day restriction period at two levels below ad libitum as well as ad libitum. Um, we expected um, ad libitum intake to be roughly three times their maintenance energy requirement. And then, as a second treatment level, we fed pigs two times their maintenance energy requirement. And then again, And then also at one times their maintenance energy requirement. So, to keep that body weight stasis um, even. So, to start this study, pigs were fed ad libitum either a fine or coarse particle size diet. And the fine contained corn that was ground to 350 microns, while the coarse diet contained corn that was ground to 750 microns. Um, All pigs were given access to full feed for the first four weeks of the study and then the remaining 14 days of the study, pigs were placed on a 14-day restriction pattern as I just previously described. At the end of the study, all pigs were euthanized where their stomachs were removed and scored for ulcers to determine if the feeding level or particle size um, played played a bigger impact in um, the severity of ulcers. Moving into the results, we scored our stomachs in three different regions The pars esophagea, or the region where the esophagus meets the stomach, the body of the stomach, or the glandular area where there is a protective mucus layer, and also the fundus of the stomach that is a part of the body. Previous literature usually refers to ulcers being in the pars esophagea. However, once we opened up these stomachs, we saw some great severity and just overall gastric dysfunction in the body of the stomach as well. So we were interested in that region of the stomach. Upon the time of necropsy. Looking at some of the results, um, and as you had just mentioned, feed disruption does play quite a bit of a big factor in um, the severity and onset of gastric ulcers. When we scored the pars esophagea region of the stomach, we noticed that pigs that were fed ad libitum or roughly three times their maintenance and energy requirement had a significantly decreased uh, severity score when compared to both pigs that were fed two times or one times their maintenance energy requirement. However, there was no difference in the reduced uh, feeding level or when we compared uh, the pigs that were fed 2x or 1x maintenance. Um, So this kind of led us to believe that it really just, like you had just mentioned, uh, feed disruption plays a bigger role than particle size, as we really never saw a grind or particle size difference um, between the fine and the coarse-fed treatments in any parameter we measured. Those same results carried on when we looked at the glandular body results um, of ulceration scores where we saw a higher severity score when pigs were fed a reduced level of ad libitum.
1: So on a call, I once heard Wayne Kass say that from his per- personal experience, he believed the formation of ulcers started with feed disruptions, like you mentioned, but the lower particle size made it worse because it didn't allow the ulcers to heal. Would you say that this study supports that idea or do you think it shows a slightly different mechanism?
2: Yeah, I would have to agree with what Wayne said about um, the formation of gastric ulcers starting with a feed disruption. And as in this study, when we fed pigs at a level uh, reduced of ad libitum, we saw, that, um, we saw that once we fed pigs at a level below ad libitum or what we would um, compare to in the field as mocking a feed disruption or a reduced feed intake pattern, we saw that the severity and the prevalence of gastric ulcers tended to increase. Um, However, in this study, we didn't really see a particle size effect on any of the parameters we measured. So it's hard to say and agree that the lower particle size necessarily makes it worse, but um, I would definitely agree that the formation of ulcers starts with a feed disruption. And based on what I've read in the literature that um, lower particle size never helps with ulcers. So it very well could um, play a factor into that. However, our study by design couldn't really look at that specific question and see if we could answer um, based on Wayne's personal experience and what he has seen previously. But the results from our study led our group to believe that um, feed disruption does play a bigger role in the formation of ulcers than the particle size alone.
0: Like you, we know feeding pigs is a challenge. At Alltech, our proven specialty ingredients work to solve your toughest challenges. Whether it's combating mycotoxins, increasing feed efficiency, or just getting a few extra pigs per litter, Alltech's full line of trace minerals, enzymes, prebiotics, and other specialty ingredients are backed by science and real customer success. Start seeing maximized health, sustainability, and profitability in your pigs. And more free time for you by visiting altech.com/pig today. A leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. Novus's products and services look at the whole animal, focusing on productivity and well-being in order to feed the world affordable and wholesome food. For more information, visit Novus's website at www.novusint.com.
1: Well, it's all very interesting, and I appreciate you coming on the show to share the results of your studies. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition-related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast— please send an email to nutritionblackbelt at and we would love to talk about your research.
2: See you later.